Welcome to the Casuals Basketball Podcast. We watch basketball, so you don't have to. We're back to this fraudulent tournament that people seem very interested in. But by the way, this is also going to be brought to you by our partners, friends, benefactors at Island Luck Sportsbook. They're going to bring you the lines. I care about this tremendously. Of this fraudulent Final Four. John's a big full 12 of shit. Team. John does not care. A John's Big 12 team is still in it. John's and full go of shit. Big 12. John is full of shit. John is not going to care about this. Okay, listen. Yes, this is great for money-making purposes. We know the NCAA tournament in terms of gambling on sports second only to the Super Bowl, right? We recognize that. I'm going to go ahead and say that on the front end. So for that, this is important. Yes, for our partners at Island Look Sportsbook, very important. I will also say fraudulent tournament. No. No. All right, whatever. This is this is the final four. Okay. So the final four, if anybody cares about it, is in New Orleans this year. Um you got Anyway, all right. Our first matchup in the final four, I'll be professional about it. Let me channel my inner Chris Rock. Even though I got slapped in the face by St. Peter's, I will channel my inner Chris Rock. I will be professional and I will bring you the podcast that you need to hear about to prep you for Final Four weekend. One side of the bracket, we have the Villanova Wildcat. Oh my god, there are other Wildcats in there. Yeah. I can't do this. My heart is too connected to Kentucky. I can't do this. All right, the Villanova Wildcats facing the Kansas Jayhawks. And I explained on the last podcast why any Kansas success is a direct affront to my sports happiness. And so to see Kansas win a national championship. Haters going to hate. Yes, yes, I openly hate on the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. You, you know what it is. You know what it is. I am As not a Big 12 team, I'm just saying it's a good team. Where is this Big 12 love coming from? Since UCF got admitted into the Big 12, you got you got to pull for your people. I was just lobbing the loop up there for you to get it. Mm-hmm. So Villanova. NCAA tournament credits. Come on. Let's go. Number two seed going up against the number one seed at Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas favored by four and a half in this over under on this game. 132 and a half. Again, lines brought to you by the Island Luck Sportsbook. There is not a star on this Kansas Jayhawks team. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. You know what? Other than Paolo Banchero, there is not a star in this final four. And you know what? That means it's scary. That means it sucks. No, that means no, it's a no, fraudulent no, tournament. No, no, no. Okay. It means it's scary because any one of these teams can win it all. Like anyone. They just have to have the perfect run. This seems like it's setting up perfectly for a Villanova win for, for the Final Four. Because Villanova usually, they have names, but they ain't the big names that, or the flashy names. They have those dudes that hang around the league. Yeah. Like, uh, Dante DiVincenzo is one of those guys. Yep. Hart. Like, Josh Hart is one of those guys. Like, who was the other kid that they had before DiVincenzo? Ryan, I can never remember. Did the Pascal name. dude ever make the, the league for, for a little bit? Cup of coffee. Yeah. The kid who hit the shot never made it. He, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. He, uh, he went into the coaching ranks. But, yeah, Villanova recruits those guys. Like, mm-hmm. Villanova's not going to have your one and dones. But, and we mentioned this on the last pod, right? <laughs> right. Jay Wright is legitimately an upper echelon coach oh, and yeah. has to be treated and respected as such because but he's got a run, system. The run Villanova has been on, and we, we like the system in anywhere the system goes, but the run that Villanova has been on is almost unheralded. Like it's it's been a, I had the stats up here, I was trying to filibuster. Okay, so 
in the last six NCAA tournaments, Villanova is 20 and 3, and Jay Wright this has led. This is the third Final Four in, since 2016. Fourth? Fourth. Jay Wright has led the Wildcats to four Final Fours oh, shoot. in the last 13 tournaments. Oh, 13. I'm talking yeah, about since 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016 when they won it. They won 2016. They won 2018. But you know, for his resume, it sounds better when you say that four, though. So, mm. so you just stretch it back as far as you can go to I, get the fourth one in there. I get the resume thing, but yeah. for me, talking point is, yeah, yeah. you've been the two Final Fours and you won two Final Fours within the last, what, six years? And why did they win, John? They won because I was there. There you go. That's, and that's bringing to the point of now I'm going to get to the betting line. I got Kansas to win this game based on the sole fact that I am not at this Final Four. They have they won the final four in eighty five, right? Yeah. When was that played? That was actually played in March. I don't know. Find out I when that was played. Right, so, I'll, anyways, I'll look it up. We're gonna have to see when that was played because if that wasn't played before I was born, that means they never won an NCAA championship without you know they won one whatever. But wow, since I was, was born, that was played at rough. Oh, that was playing here. Yeah, in, in, so Wildcats playing at Wildcat Stadium. Yeah, that's 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 when Villanova won in '85. Was that actually played in March, April first? April first, so yeah. April Fool's Day. Well, they fooled Rupp Arena for sure with the wrong Wildcats. Yeah. But anyways, I was born in '19, so such bullshit. It was my birth year, so very important. So when I came into this, you really world, have a lot of Villanova connections. Yeah, I'm just. You ever w- been to Philly? No, never been to Philly. Odd. I haven't even laid over in Philly. Actually, I drove through Philly. When I was going from New York to D.C. Me and Kev laid over in Philly when we was going to uh, Toronto. Scary hours. <laughs> so, 2016, we went to the Final Four. They won. Yeah. 2018, I went to the Final Four. They, they won. won. Guess who ain't at the Final Four this time? You. Kansas going to win. Okay. And I have to push back on this immediately, and I'll start. This is another reason why I think this is a fraudulent tournament. Last weekend... Me and you professed our complete fandom for this Miami Hurricanes basketball program that we know absolutely nothing about. We were on board. They got blown out by Kansas, and immediately you going over and switching allegiances, like right away. This is almost like one of those things where when... Take this tour shirt off. No. (laughs) When you play those video games and you beat the better team, then you get like... You get better team beats, you get absorbed into that team. You get to pick some players. Anyways... But you were lining yourself with Anton. I wanted St. Peter's to win. Wait, but you were lining yourself with Anton. That's like, cool. Think about how unbearable he is going to be. I can't for exist whom? for me. Yeah, see, that's my Big Twelve brethren. Just, just for me. So yeah, that's only you. I think. Um, first of all, shout out to Anton for. Um, Do not shout him out. Sending that email about the coverage of oh, the NCAA tournament. What a joke. <laughs> he sends an email to the 10th year senior account saying, are you guys going to cover this biggest upset of the NCAA tournament? He sent a very formal email. This has been one of my closest friends since seventh grade, right? Sends this very formal email to the official 10YS account asking if we are covering the NCAA tournament. And in particular, the <laughs> Kentucky loss to St. Peter's. Jackass. That was a good email. And what was funny was we were in Freeport that day and he wasn't even there. Which kind of saved you probably because I bet you he would have left work yes, just to come. Yes, he would have. To be v- like, Villanova isn't, they're not healthy though. Yeah, the injury is really going to hurt them. That's 14.5 points a game gone. And 
when we talk in college basketball, I feel That's like we all. gotta we gotta extrapolate that to like twenty, maybe twenty five. When yeah. you're talking fourteen, so points. it's who's is he the leading scorer, the second leading scorer? Or I know he's top three. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. So anyway, you're losing a significant chunk of offense. Yeah. God damn it! It's set up for Kansas to go. To. But it's crazy because right. watching that game, you just see the replay, and you know, they said, "Oh, did you see the pop in the?" In the calf, and it was like that was it. Like that must be the worst time. Getting injured at any particular time is bad. Yeah, but but getting, getting injured there has to be the worst. Only thing worse than that is legit getting injured in the Super Bowl, like Odell. I think that's the yeah. Worst. But at least Odell got a touchdown. Fair. I I, I could say at least if I play, you know when he game, got a touchdown and they won, so that kind of yeah. eased it. But imagine even if he got that touchdown and they lost, I would say this. It's almost like the. The Clay Thompson injury, you're, they ended up, they lost the game, right? That game, or did they win that game? They lost. Uh, Raptors? No, yeah. the Warriors. Anyways, it's to the point where it's like, you want to play. If you get to play in the championship and you get hurt, so be it. If you put up some numbers, you know you've helped the team as much as you can. Now you're just hopeless on the side of the bench, not doing anything. All right. I, this is a gambling segment of the podcast and i feel like i have to stay true to the spirit of the wildcats fuck i'm never going to say this again okay and i'm going to say it who are you betting your heart on and who are you betting your money on i'm betting my heart on villanova because i don't want to see kansas or their fan base happy but your money I got to go with Kansas. Therefore, get, hey, once you put money involved and that's it, you know who you really want to win. I got to go with Kansas. and I'm, No, no, no. Money is not who you want to win. Mm-hmm. Money is who you legitimately believe yeah. is going to win. So I how, want Villanova to so win. So you don't want to make money. I'm not putting money on this game. But for those that are interested in putting money on this game, I would bet on Kansas. Villanova without Elijah Moore is not Look, the same team. Kansas beat the 10th year seniors, Miami Hurricanes. They did. And they beat them convincingly. And now all those old people got to go find work. Boy, yeah, they got to go like... You know how horrible it is going to work? You ever see work? those NCAA commercials, like the Enterprise commercials? Like, yeah. Hire a bunch of them getting hired at freaking Enterprise. Hopefully. Like, a bunch of them. I don't know. So, I'm just saying, Kansas... The only thing that I'm... Okay, Martin's supposed to be their best player, right? The little point guard. I don't know who's their best player. I know nothing Anyways, about this team. You su- know what? Let me see if this. He's supposed to. He's an Indian-looking dude. I don't, I don't know anything about Kansas. I don't want to learn about. He's Kansas. like um, overdose, but a basketball player. <laughs> so, anyways, I was watching him. He's supposed to be the best shooter. He's missing free throws. Like, I don't see anything special about him. He might look like Trey Young tendencies because he could shoot the three, and he's short, and he's going bald. It seems like, hmm. but. Like you say, I don't see any star Whoa, power. Whoa, be careful with that. Yeah. We cannot talk about people going bald. With no gals. You can't talk about gals going bald. So it's okay to oh, talk about a man going bald. Well, look at LeBron. You know what? I'm not going to... Anyway. Hey, that's, you that's think LeBron, you think LeBron could slap someone? It's Savannah you, should be you, the one to slap you someone. You know who would slap someone, though? Kevin Durant. Savannah should be the one to slap someone because shouldn't she be defending the honor of her king? Anyway, this is that's a podcast for another time. This is about gambling on the final four. All right, so we both have Kansas to advance to the national championship game where they will hopefully lose in only the most heartbreaking, crestfallen fashion. 
let's move on to the other side of the bracket. And the Which one, has been deemed the biggest game ever. And it's not. In the Final Four history it's, of the NCAA it's tournament. It's really not. Such bullshit. Okay. But the, the most commercially appealing Final Four matchup I think we've had in a while. This is the rivalry that people usually just see in the regular season. But now you get to see it with the stakes as high as they possibly can be. UNC and Duke for the third time this season. UNC, a number eight seed that nobody expected to be here. Duke, a number two that is always here because I believe they have the best player in the country in Paolo Banchero. He is the reason that this team is favored by four. I was just watching something about Pablo, how he cramps up so much he loses seven pounds again. I know we spoke about this before, yeah. but every time you see it, that's just crazy. Just yeah. to think he loses seven pounds a game because... Who knows? It's not a hair issue. He needs steroids. It's a hydration issue. Yeah. Is the is that considered a disease? Because I don't know. I think it is. Then I don't know if we could do that because somebody could possibly slap us. Yeah. Anybody tangentially. And his name is Pablo. Anybody tangentially connected to Brazil is mm-hmm. well within their rights to slap us. And if your name's Pablo, that means you probably slapped a couple of people in your life. It's like you defending your king. Yeah. Um. Alex, you connected to Brazil in any way, shape, or form. Oh, are you not supposed to be here? All right, sorry. Yeah, Duke favored by four over under on this game is 151 and a half. That is a high line, and they expect a high-scoring game, and I am not particularly sure why. I'm going to say this. I really feel, in my opinion, the NCAA really wants Coach K to make that national title game. Like, I don't even think it's uh, it's going to be a hidden agenda. No, I want to see how the referees are going to handle this. Um, It's going to be a diff like these referees are going to have to referee this game like it is an ACC game. If, in my opinion, they should get ACC referees for this game, knowing how they play, because if there's one thing I don't want is I don't want people who don't know how they play to call fouls and make it. But you know, in the tournament, they argue for the opposite. They no, no, they argue for the opposite. But the reason they argue for the opposite is because. A Kansas Nova, for example, you're not going to get a Big East crew yeah. to referee that or a Big 12 crew. You go neutral. Where these are two ACC teams, ACC referees referee them all year round. So it's not like you're interfering. Oh, shit. I'm like Cardo. With anything outside the fact. So I just don't want it to be people who aren't used to this ACC style of how they're going to play. Yeah. Start calling fouls that are unnecessary and change the game. That's, I feel like that's the problem with college basketball across the board and another reason why this is a fraudulent tournament. I, listen, it had nothing to do with Kentucky losing. I felt this way ever since I saw Chet Holmgren pick up that game-changing foul. And I was like, that is not a foul. Immediately when I saw that, hands went straight up. He gets called for that fraudulent tournament, done with the whole thing. And I feel like... It's Gonzaga, though. They weren't going to win anyways. We should be protesting this entire thing. The entire tournament should be played under protest. But, yeah, you are absolutely right about the Coach K storyline. Like, Look, the upsets are great early in the tournament. That's what people like to see because it's a fun thing to say. But I feel like when you get here, this is what people want. They want the Blue Bloods. They want the programs that you know. Now, college basketball is in the state where... The rivalries don't exist as much anymore, and so I think people are going to be really nostalgic about this. The rivalries don't exist because the players ain't staying long enough for you to be connected to them. Of like, course they're nostalgic. They're already saying this is the greatest Final Four matchup. Ain't no fucking way. 
in the history of the NCAA tournament. I've seen better. I've, seen, I've seen Kentucky play better. I've seen two number one seeds play yeah, in a Final Four. Get the hell out like, of here with this. And this is the thing that people are going to have to take with a grain of salt. Yes, the history between them are great, right? Just because they have a great history doesn't mean this is going to be a great game. I think this is going to be a letdown game. I think I so, too. I honestly do. I think Duke blows them out. I, I think the same thing. I think UNC... That wins. four... That could be higher. Yeah, I was go- I was going to. Well, I might as well just say it now. I'm taking Duke, and I do think that's that line is not big enough. I think they win by much more than that. Here's the thing with easy. Duke, right? Coach K's final game at Cameron. Yeah, they that gotta still be staying. That with them. is going. Hey, they are coming out. They have the chance now to make up for that to take. And this is the prop. This is why. And I'll say it now. I think Kansas is going to win the whole thing. Jesus. Right? Kansas is going to win the whole tournament because Duke is going to put so much into this game. If Duke gets there, I got to root for Duke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, if no, Duke you could, gets there, I'm you, going for Duke. You, you could root for Duke, but I'm just saying. This is going to be a letdown game because I think Duke beats UNC and that Duke players put so much effort into this game that Kansas is going to go win. John, I have to root for Villanova and UNC. There is a no-win situation for me if it's Kansas versus Duke, and then I'll act like this game never happened, and I will never speak about this year again. Fraudulent tournament. Anyway, the entire thing is played under protest, especially if that's the championship game. Duke versus Kansas? Can it end in a tie? What has ties? Tie. Other than like So co-national champions? Yes. So, I'll, so, like so they, they both used to do back in yeah. football. Back so they the both day. could take national champs. So they could all get... How, how many national championships does Kentucky have? How many does Duke have? I count eight and a half because we really were supposed to win the year when yeah, they, they when they uh not I wasn't even talking about the Wisconsin year. We supposed to win that year for sure. But the year when Enos Cantor was ineligible and pff, I mean we didn't know he would turn into this Enos Cantor back then. Oh, I just saw some highlights of Dwayne Wade putting it on y'all in the lead eight. That was Marquette now. That was I was like, who is this? I mean, like like I knew who he was, but I was like triple double? In the Elite Eight? What is happening? And when I saw that, I knew that the Heat were going to draft him. Why do you t- keep taking me back there? Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, I'm taking Duke to win this game. But before we be done with this, like, hell of a job by Hubert Davis, though. Like, to yeah. like, this is how you replace a legend. You mm-hmm. beat Coach K in his last game. And imagine if Hubert Davis beats Coach K twice in the same season, one of which is in the Final Four. He may have that job for life after that. Yeah, well, I, he definitely is going to have that job for life because the the thing is, Roy Williams is in such support of him. Yeah, and you got to remember that. Oh, but with fan bases like this, you got to win, though. Yeah, you got to win, but also you need to understand. So he literally was garbage, garbage, garbage. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, then and this is why it's so important to give coaches their time frame. Yeah, of their recruiting class because when they come in year one. Not their most, guys. Most of the time, it's not their guys. And even if they get one or two, whatever. It's not their guys. The year after that, they still have fallbacks from... So this is the system that... I know they're all UNC guys and they're Rory's guys. And, you know, coaches aren't going to say, oh, we're not keeping you anymore because of this, whatever. But literally, this is a full cycle now from his recruiting class. They went through, they took their bumps, and now they believe in what's going on. So I think um, UNC is going to be under winning ways regardless because... Hubert cares too much about UNC. Yeah. <sighs> just wish everybody could lose. Duke, Kansas. Just wish everybody could lose. But March Madness. Before we get done with this fraudulent 
April uh, Fool's Day, is that when the game is? I don't know when the stupid thing is. But before we get done with this fraudulent tournament, shout out to St. Peter's, by the way. You're running. And this is me. Listen, this shows my growth and maturity. I feel as not only a fan, but as a person that I can applaud St. Peter's for their run. And I can let bygones be bygones. And the fact that they completely destroyed any hope I had for sports happiness this calendar year. Well, yeah, the St. Peter's thing. Do we see it often? No, because we never see team make the elite eight. Then make like Loyola Chicago is the closest thing I would say yeah. of making that that magical run. But they were a ten seed or eleven seed. Yeah, so they weren't fifteen. Yeah, it's it's complete. They didn't beat Kentucky. All right, John. Um, my thing is this: if, just say they didn't make it. If St. Peter's had talking about all the had made the Final Four, I mean, this is one of the greatest ones runs ever, but. I really feel if they made the final four, they would have been online for the greatest. You look at the teams they would have to oh, beat. Oh yes, no, seriously. If St. Peter's won that, and that's game why I wanted, but four. I wanted St. Peter's to win because it would have been the. I'm just saying. I okay? know, but you you know you know the, uh, and this was the fear of the Cinderella, right? Like you're always waiting for the bottom to fall out. Yep. And, and it always it, does. When it happens, it looks like it happened against UNC. Like yep. it looked bad. But see, the whole thing is is. That, f- that game they play against Iowa, it was Iowa, right? No. Who was it that they beat? I wasn't paying attention to this fraudulent tournament after what happened in the first round. I don't know if you were, but... Who the hell did they beat? Pay the players, by they the way. They beat Purdue. See, that's, not, that's how insignificant Purdue was. not recognizing Anyways, any of this until they pay the players. They beat Purdue, and I really feel, and I said it in the last one, because of the proximity to New Jersey, it was a very pro St. Peter's crowd. Yeah. Right? Very pro. I remember the announcer, who, Kevin Harlem. It was Kevin Harlem who was doing that game. I don't know. Anyway, whoever was doing the game said, I don't even know if they pack clothes for the next game. Like, nah. the, the fans and stuff. I mean, it's a short drive, and it was like an hour and a half. But I feel that they had that high there with all the fans there, and they weren't going to let them down. And, and that then, was it. Yeah. And that's what I feel is going to be the Duke-UNC thing, where Duke is going to come out and dominate. And win. I just hate all the people that are going to pretend And then lose to Kansas in the championship game. Anyway, can we talk about some Bahamian basketball players and not talk about this fraudulent tournament? Pay the players. Pay the players. Pay the players. Let's talk about the transfer portal, which has become an annual... Well, it, it always was, but the spotlight has been shown on the transfer portal even more nowadays because it is just bustling with There's like activity. 900 people in it. It's kind of like... The kind of... Frenzy we get with NBA free agency. That's kind of what's in college basketball now in terms of the transfer portal, right? So your recruiting is not just the high schoolers you got to pay attention to. Half of your, well, more than half of your recruiting is probably just working the waiver wire. Like it's fantasy football, paying attention to the transfer portal. So we had two very significant Bahamian players right now enter the transfer portal over the last few days. Sammy Hunter chucks up the deuces to Ole Miss and Lathaniel it's about damn time. <laughs> We're going to get into that. And Nathaniel Bastian is out of there, was with Angelo State at the D2 level. A lot of people have D1 projections for him. But, of course, let's start with Sammy, friend of the program. He's done several podcasts with us. Like, you know, we already have this pre-existing relationship with him. We have been saying for years, I feel like a part of the mantra whenever we had a college basketball pod John would say the phrase Kermit like mine at least 14 times. Yeah. Like that, that was that was your thing because it came from a like place man. of it came from a place of be careful before someone slaps us. It came 
from a place of frustration because we know Sammy Hunter, 6'9", stretch four, all the tools, none of the opportunity. What the hell are you doing? And, and I know, and we've sat with Sammy, and we've had conversations with him off air about the situation. And it's not that we're saying, wait, you got to go do this. We just say, what are you thinking about? Like, it was always picking his brain. Pause, just in case. Yeah, no, that's, that deserves a pause. Yeah. Picking his brain. Just pause. Yeah, anyways. but whenever you're not sure, yeah. just pause it. In case. So, anyways, it was one of those things where we were just asking, he believed in the process. Like, he... You got to remember, which, Sam, is, which, yeah. is, which is weird to me. Which is crazy. But I Sam, don't believe in none of that no. shit. Sammy is an old school type mentality player. like Old feet? Yeah, not just old feet, sneaky athletic. But he's used to the Bahamian mindset of you got to wait your turn, right? Yeah, who, who, his parents did too good of a job yeah. on him with that shit. Yeah, so I don't teach guys in none of that. No, I it's like your time is now. You got to wait your turn. So I really feel like that first year he got some minutes. So he was thinking, all right. You expect a progression, exactly. right? Year the progression two. never the progression happened. The, it went to regression. Yeah. So, and and the COVID year, not that it helped or anything, but yeah, it was just, he knew it was time. That's the good thing. Like, it, it's it's something for someone to tell you, you need to go. But you know within yourself, that I'm done with this. Yeah. Like, there, the ceiling for me here, I feel like I've, I've already maximized any possible opportunity I can have. Now I'm just wasting time. So, and you'll have a lot of people lament the transfer portal because the old heads say stuff like, back in my day, kids would just stay and blah, 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 and do all that shit, and you have to go through the work, and you have to go through... No, because nobody says that when it comes to coaches. Nobody says that to any of these other decision makers. But you expect, you expect the athletes look, to have to do look, that. Look at... and The prime example would be look at St. Peter's coach. Oh, he out of there. He, no, he's already gotten the Seton Hall job. Oh, yeah. So... But the thing is, the rumors were before the season ended, because you know he went to Seton Hall and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and all that. So Legacy. It, it was yeah, he's going to Seton Hall. It just so happens his team made a run. Yeah, and I feel like at a school like St. Peter's, if you tell the coach goes to those players that, boy, I mean we did something weird. It is what it is. Yeah, we ain't expect. Like I, I was, I expected to be in Seton Hall three weeks ago. That ain't get, in, get into yet. work, right? <laughs> It's like, that's what he was thinking. Yeah. And that's why you always heard him say, let's enjoy the ride. Because he knew the that that was it. Guy. All right, guys. It was fun. I, I love how everyone's like, oh, he did it so quick. He's got an agent. Yeah. Agents do that. It's kind of how it works. Yeah. Agents will get you your contract. And and usually contact, contracts are pretty standard for first-time coaches in bigger conferences. He's probably going to get paid between. Not like, when you make a run, though. I, no, no, no. They no, made no. like one or two amendments, I feel. Nah, I don't think so. I don't know what it is. I'm going to see if I can find, but I'm assuming he's going to be in the 1.7 to 2.3 range. Bro, you ain't getting that at St. Peter's. No, you ain't. That, <laughs> you ain't that, St. Peter's budget in total was like. Exact. Don't. Eight. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I don't even me. know. Don't remind me. I think it's like one eighth of Kentucky anyway or something like that. But yes, so Sammy is going to have new life and wherever he ends up. I feel like, well, the most important thing, obviously, to him and to us is that he has an opportunity to show what he can do. So he, he just needs to go to a place where he can play. That's, that's and, it. And, and that's the honest to God truth. It's like he has a skill set, which is he can shoot the ball. It's this modern NBA. He's a big, yeah. he's a big for this NBA. Yeah. And my thing is, I feel like he wants to play the four. He has his heart set to play the four. But he will have to go and play the five. But he's not a permanent five. He's a stretch four. 
you could play him in spurts, but you still got to remember, Sammy isn't that big pause of a person. Yeah. Like, he's only like 230 pounds. Amazing pause. Yeah. He's got to be paused. But, no, the whole thing is it's that he's got to look. It, I don't, this isn't going to be like Ole Miss where he goes on a visit and commits. Like, no that, yeah, that was one of those things where it was just like, well, damn. You know, John, and I say this from experience, you know, sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case with Sammy. I don't know what was the case with Sammy. But all I'm saying is sometimes when you come from this environment and you go to the deep south, and you hear the accents, and you see where that accent is coming from. It can be very convincing. So, I mean, I have been persuaded to do or say things that I probably wouldn't have said under normal circumstances when that accent came out. So I kind of get it. I'm not you like them southern say. bells. <sighs> accent. Short, see, that's short. the problem. You there for basketball? You ever see the sundress cowboy boots combination? Mm-hmm. You understand what that combination is like? That is a greater combination than like, I, 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 I don't, peas and rice. It's on that level. All right, sundress and cowboy boots would make you commit to a school right away, even if they tell you you're coming off the bench. That's just what it is. I mean, I just know this. Schools are going to be interested in Sammy. He's like yes. I said, he's six foot nine. He can shoot the ball. He's played his minute. He's he's not gonna. He wants his shots, but he's not gonna demand. The, he's not gonna be the focal point of an offense, which is gonna be. It can be if he wanted to. Yeah, let, I would think. See how it goes. I would think this first year, no. So it's all about picking the right fit. And that, I, that's that, always the important thing. And I, I'll say this: you can make a mistake once by choosing a school poor poor decision the first time. You can't do it a second time. Yeah. That, that, that's all it is. All right. Let's move on to Nathaniel Bastian. Of course, had two years in JUCO at Trinity Valley. Trini- sorry, Trinity Valley. One year with Angelo State last year at the D2 level. And he came into D2 and outproduced what he did at JUCO, right? Average 11.4 points, 8.2 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks Just before per game. we get there, um, Seton Hall sorry. coach last year got paid $2 million, So that's... That was the last year's salary. So oh, was Holloway's um, getting Holloway three. was going from like three hundred thousand to. He's getting three. I don't think he's gonna get three. You Coaches ha- still have. Look, you may make a run, but you gotta remember the step. He's gonna be making one point five billion more than he made last year. Fair enough. Oh, sorry. Back to Daniel. Uh, led Angelo State in rebounds at eight point two, and also in blocks at one point four. Nine double doubles on the year. Shot sixty one percent from the field. Now, he is more of, he's an undersized traditional big. This is a pick-and-roll guy. This is a rim runner, someone who's very active on both ends of the floor, someone who can fit in well into many systems because you don't really have to dial up plays mm-hmm. for him. He's not going to be a focal point of a system. He is going, once his motor's at 100, and he's going to get rebounds. He's going to get block shots. He's going to, to get, you know, fast break dunks. Like, he's an energy guy. He's a guy that you probably love to have and hate to play against. And that's my thing. Energy guys fit into every system. Yep. So it's for him, it's also a matter of fit because this is going to be his third program in the last three years. And the dream, I listen, everybody who's hooping, I know it's, it may not be their ultimate dream, but you want to go D1. Yeah. And this is someone who's taken the long path to D1, so he knows but what it takes. Also, kudos to his path, because if you really think about it, he went Jugo. Yeah. Then he went D2. 
and he still has two years remaining for D1. COVID year, bro. Because of the COVID year. Yeah. So he took a path that is less traditional than people leaving JUCO, but it, it's almost like <clears throat> he probably had interest coming out. And you remember, interest and offer are two different things. Two completely different things. The language is so important yeah. in recruiting. He probably had interest from the JUCO level from D1 coaches, but the D1 coaches said, you know, we've seen you at this level, but we need to see you at a level above this or something different to confirm what it is. So him going the D2 route, being able to produce, it only makes sense to put your name in the portal to go D1. And there's going to be a D1 school that will offer him and he will be playing D1. So right now I'm uh, on Twitter looking at who's got next recruits and they are saying that he has not official. We just said the language was important, right? That he's heard from Robert Morris, Utah and college of Charleston. So obviously like that's three D1 programs, like Mm -hmm. irrespective of confidence where this seems like this is headed is him going to D1. And yeah, I'm, I'm just Im- I'm impressed by the work ethic and the path that it took to get. Yeah, I remember he's one of those people that when we first started doing this. Yeah, like he he was, he was one of those high school basketball stars that they like their rise pause kind of coincided with us doing this. Yeah. And he's also one of those players where every time that we had coaches come down here, they would ask about it. They him. would ask about him. When he went to the, he was at the Daryl Sears thing. I think he was 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. Every single, and you know, he has a lot of Juco coaches there. Every single one was asking about him. Yeah. Because he is just a physical ability. His size, pause. You could see it. There. Like, it, yeah. it jumped, it jumps off the screen, his athleticism. Like, yeah. this is a 6'8 dude that is flying around, like, 6'8 and leading and, the team in rebounds. And like you said, everyone has a different path. His path is super untraditional. Yeah. Like, going Juco... You, I would call that traditional to a point, but going JUCO to D2, you to really... D, JUCO you, to D2 to D1 yeah, doesn't happen. You really, Usually you, you go yeah. JUCO, D1. Yeah, you, you're really trying to bet on yourself Yeah, uh, on that. And that's what people got to realize. Opportunity from here is difficult at times. That you may only be able to go JUCO, and then after JUCO, you're struggling to find the school. Yeah. Like, you go in D2, you go in D3, you go in NAIA, you go in Bible... Belt Christian schooled, uh, whatever it is. But like you say, it's a work ethic and being six eight helps. Not gonna lie. Being six eight does help, but you he's also out rebounding people like six ten, six eleven. And that's that's the motor thing. Yeah. But like I say, being six eight helps and one of these D one programs will get him. Yeah, we're very interested to see where he ends up because we're gonna be following that. Um, yeah, that's our Bahamian basketball transfer portal breakdown. Coastal Carolina's in some garbage tournament right now. What are they, what did they do? What's taking him so long? They're in a tournament. You can't just say it anyway? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, all right, But I see, mean, the thing is, I don't I even mean, know. we know. He, personally, he should go into portal. You better get the entire f- out of there. He needs to go into portal. But, my only thing is but? this. No, there's always a but. There's a fear. Is it big? Uh, yeah. Oh no! Oh, okay. Um, there's a fear, I'm and I talking feel like y'all. Yeah. Okay. I just pause just in case. Just we're talking about basketball. That's fair. Um, there's always a fear I feel of college players who want to go in the portal, but you think you may be stuck. But you think you may go into the portal 
and there won't be any interest Ooh. in schools. Hey, you know coaches tell people that all the time because mm-hmm. honestly, you do have to warn people about portal purgatory yeah. because that's a real thing. Yeah. Some people go in the portal and never make it out. Exactly. So that's something you have to look into and it's... Dog, but he can't say... I mean... It's not like he's playing for a Power 5 school and anyone's going to go get him. He's not playing. He, exactly. So <laughs> they're looking at him and they're like, why aren't you playing? He was supposed to be in the rotation. He got hurt. He got out the rotation. This is so. what happens when the coach is like 80. Yeah. So my whole thing is this. It's a sit down and, and think. And it's almost that with the Franco thing as well. Because Franco went to Florida Gulf Coast and he ain't... He ain't yeah. Seen. It wasn't what we expected. Yeah. We thought we would get more minutes. but It wasn't what he expected. But also... Him trying to change schools now is not going to be a good look. Who's the last person that played at 17 schools? LJ Rose? The guy that played for the Miami Hurricanes. He played for like six schools. I don't even remember his name. So, I mean, the last behemoth I could think of is LJ Rose, who went from Baylor to Houston to BYU. Yeah. And that is rare only because he was such a highly touted high school athlete. You're not going to get three schools at that level. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, so it, it, it always be wary of the transfer portal because it could help people and it could also hurt you. Yeah. All right. That was a lot of basketball. Can we get to, and this has nothing to do. All right. Quick aside here. Yes, you are listening to The Casuals. Ostensibly, this is a basketball podcast, but there was a lot that we were supposed to catch up on that we did not. So... Do we have sound for this or are we just jumping into read option stuff? Because we got to do read option stuff. Yeah, we're just jumping into it. We're just jumping into read option stuff. And here's how we're jumping into it, right? And I'm going to, because this is a basketball podcast, we got to do it with Duncan Sandals. We're leading with him? Yeah. Because it's a basketball podcast. Okay, fair enough. I... I see what you did there and I like the segue. So we have to talk Dolphin Talk. You've listened to many... 10 YS pods so you understand what this is like for me and John. Let me tell you all something about when we got Tyreek Hill, right? <laughs> the day that we got Tyreek Hill, and I, I'll just say I got to give it up. I got to give it up to John for renaming our group Dolphin Safe Space because <laughs> this is the point for the last few weeks we have been planning and plotting our return to, dorm, to dominance, right? We have been lying in wait. All right, y'all got glimpses of it whenever we would experience some success, like one game away from the playoffs two years ago, and then we had the run to end last year. So y'all got glimpses of it. Y'all got to deal with us now, all right? We're ready. We're ready. This is a legitimate team. And my first question to you, John, is, is this going to be the best offense ever or just the best offense we've seen since the Brady Moss Patriots? Ever. I feel like it's it has ever. best offense ever, ever potential, right? Ever. Like when you look at it, how are you stopping us? There's no way to stop us. You got Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. fastest player in the NFL. Give him Jamaican air horns, please. When you get to it, do I have to filibuster or no. is it there? You got Jalen Waddle, and I remember when Dan Lebetard asked Mike McDaniel, "What is he most exciting about coming to Miami?" He mentioned the beaches. He mentioned. The other things he probably shouldn't mention that are in Miami that we all know and love. You know what he said? Waddle. We got a wide receiver that can dunk in flip-flops. We got the best offensive lineman in free agency. And you know who we going after in the draft. Hold on. You haven't even finished it. Who else did we get? We franchise tag 
the best up and coming tight end in the NFL. Give it to him. And in the draft, we are going after Tupac, my guy. And that is all. And listen, I was so I learned of this guy through John, but I was sold on it in the group when he just kept calling him Tupac because. As Jada knows, that's enough. Mm-hmm. All you need is a Tupac, and nobody else is going to live up to that Tupac. Nope. So once we get that Tupac, we good. Doesn't matter how much people you slap, you're never gonna be him. Give it to me again. And another thing, we got the coolest new head coach on the market. Like we didn't even get to him yet, and he is bringing the Mike Shanahan scheme. And we got new running backs, Raheem Mostert, real truck speed. And the not Ronaldo size. Pause. All right. All right. That's enough of that. Yeah. So I don't know if you were able to tell by that, but we are very excited about what the season is going to bring to the table. And we oh, actually and, have a team now. And there's more. There's always more. Yeah. Breakout season. Fatua. Oh, I was just going to go in straight serious mode and have a real tour discussion. No, because breakout season. Now we can go. I don't think. This is all. Air horns are serious. Let me let me explain something to y'all about Tua Tonga Valor, right? Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl? Super Bowl. He's going there to watch. He's going to be one of the greats that go in there to watch. Let me explain something to y'all about Tua. We are firm members of Tua Non. All right? Mm-hmm. Expect us. This is what's happening right now. You have not been able to accurately judge Tua Tungavailoa as a man or as a football player because he was playing behind one of the worst offensive not lines. Not one of the worst. The worst. He was playing behind a heap of... Tra- oh, and I forgot addition by subtraction. We got rid of Jesse Davis. That's all right. He don't get to have Jamaican No, no, horns. but who gets, who gets the air horns? Addition by subtraction, the basic premise. Yeah, but... We did, we, we did did Armstead. Yeah, we said, we said Armstead. No, we were just talking about weapons. Oh, okay. Am I lost? Yeah, we didn't say we got Armstead. Yeah, I did. I said the best free agent offensive lineman uh, in the... Anyways. Yes. That's that. That's how easy it is to forget. We're just getting so much people. So many weapons. So here's the thing, right? This is going to be a make it or break break it year for Tua, and I'm fine with that, though. I'm I don't fine see that with as it, a negative. But, 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 but. I hate that the narrative is this is a make it or break it year. I hate that narrative. That's but that's okay, Joe. But I, I understand it. I get it because two is going to dominate anyways. Yeah. But my thing is this: he had the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right? Those people who weighed 190 pounds back in the 1920s would do a better job blocking than what we got last season. Yeah. They're tougher. They're probably you know not as smart. But anyways, no. um, my thing is. Tua's percentage kept going up every year. Mm-hmm. His win percentage is higher than all these other quarterbacks. You know the analytics nerds love to say wins are not a QB stat. Yeah, well, you know what? When he came in against what team with a bad hand and beat them? Yeah. Your Ravens? Yeah. That just shows he's got leadership. He's got grit. He's, oh, he has all of it. So like my, all of the intangibles you would say about a traditional Duke point guard you say about Tua. My thing is this. When he was hurt, right? When he got hurt. We didn't expect the Dolphins to win any games. No. Like, that's the difference between two and we have to be real. When two was playing quarterback, you're more confident except against Buffalo. 
I'm not that he lie. is going to win again. But I mean, but we ain't confident. We confident against Buffalo this year. I'll tell you that. Boy. But, bro. No, but Buffalo almost killed him in that first game. Yeah, that's all right. They ain't going to kill him now, though. Because you know who he getting the ball out to? Track speed. Wait, There's who? track speed all over the Here's field the right now. And then people got to understand. He doesn't throw the deep ball. Well, but guess what? You throw the ball three yards of Tyreek Hill, he's going 70. <laughs> that's a deep ball. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't. Football isn't a thing where you throw the ball deep every possession. Yeah, you know what? Y'all want to go too high safety because you think we're doing that Kansas City Chiefs yeah. stuff? Okay. You got Waddle on one side. You, you know got, what it is? You got your boy Tyreek on the other, right? We get Tupac. We put him in the slot. We got Gillespie. Jesus Christ. You know what it is? And although he's not as good as Travis Kelsey, right? Jalen Waddle is better than any other receiver that Tyreek Hill ever had on the opposite side mm-hmm. of the field in Kansas City. And that's not by a small amount either. No. That makes a difference. I feel like Waddle and Hill are both going to have over 80 receptions each. You know what I feel like this is, John? And over like 1,200 yards each. You know what I feel like this is? And 12 touchdowns. I'm getting major M Brothers vibes. I'm getting major Marino Marx Brothers vibes. This feels like hey, Duper play. Clayton Duper Clayton ain't got nothing this on fe- these two. This feels like Duper Clayton Marino. I didn't want to have to be the one to say it, but it's up to me now. It feels like Duper Clayton Marino. Hey, I'm, not saying Tua, fun. I'm not saying Tua on his own is Marino. He might be. But this mm, is what it feels like. I know. Shh, I'm, John, I'm I bu- get. I get what you're saying. With no, 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 no. Let's, let's just take but it. No, 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 Don't stop. No, 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 don't, no, no, no. don't stop. First just let all, the train keep going. No, here's the train. That's why I'm stopping the train. Oh my you know, god! A little oil change. Marino never had weapons like this. Never had weapons like this. Now, you put an elite quarterback with yeah. two above-average wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Great. You put. Elite wide receivers yeah. with above-average quarterback. Yeah. You get the same effect. You get the same effect. Same thing. Same thing. That's why I said I'm getting those major vibes. Look, dog, I am buying Madden this year. I have a two. We're going to know all the players this I year. I have a two a jersey. I am so prepared for this. Like, this is going to be. I'm so happy to be relevant again. Like, I legit. I, I want to cry tears of joy. The only time the Dolphins have been nationally relevant recently is uh, whether Ricky Williams is doing something, whether there was a coach doing coke. Or whether Richie Incognito was bullying somebody. Like, that has been it. Other than that, have not been national stories. But here we are. Because we got weapons now. But what did Vegas... You didn't even look... Wasn't it like the Dolphins were like plus... Um, wow, I like wish... Like 1,200 or I something? I wish you told me to look for the lines because that would have been yeah. No, but the lines... On the the lines definitely... Change. They went it from like twelve hundred to like six hundred just with Tyreek. That's just to. with Tyreek. We only have Tupac. He's one of the si- watch when watch when we get Tupac. Boy, shout out Jada. If we don't get Tupac, I could be mad. Slap this podcast. And Tupac out of here. is um, we're good. Khalil Shakur. Just just so you know. Oh yeah, that's his actual name. 